You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Let's go to the island. I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash, and there are others, and there are numbers, and it all means something supposedly, but even though there are times we Welcome back. We had to go back. Did we, though? Did we really? This is No Love Lost, the podcast where we go back and revisit arguably the greatest series of all time. Very debatable. Very debatable and definitely inaccurate. (laughs) I'm Will Link, and with me as always... Megan Salinas. Hey, guys. And we're going to be breaking down Season 1, Episode 8 confidence man Ugh. yeah i could tell I'll, I'll tell you what you know i have my negative things to say about this series as a whole but man i could spend hours and hours and hours just looking into josh holloway's eyes oh he's so dreamy well let me tell you something else about josh holloway i feel like he doesn't get enough credit as an actor, as far as the history of this show goes. Because, you know, uh, eventually Michael Emerson, uh, who, who plays Ben, eventually he gets a lot of accolades. And, and, and of course, uh, Terry O'Quinn as Locke. And, and they're very deserving. Of course. And but, Evangeline Lilly's gone on to have a great career, too, in, in film. And, yeah, I, like, I, I always root for her whenever she's in anything because, uh, especially when she ends up being in something where there's a love triangle, I'm like, no, you deserve better. But Josh Holloway, you know, he, he started this show kind of like as, like, I guess the charming rogue kind of character. Uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> but his work was so good and so consistent throughout this whole series. And I would say that Sawyer is one of the most complex characters. And this episode is a great example of how you also play someone who is who hates themselves and yeah. is so self-destructive. Like, the things he's doing in this episode, you might think, well, this makes no logical sense. Why would he do this? Why would he do that? But if you get down to the core of his character, it makes perfect sense. It's that Because he, it's so self-sabotaging. Yeah. yeah. He, anything to make himself the enemy because he feels that's what he should be. He spent, like, it's so funny going back and rewatching this show and seeing this character go out of his way to be a lightning rod of hatred for everybody else. It's, it's kind of remarkable, especially, like, knowing again the complexity of the character ahead of time. Um, did you ever hear the story? And I, I have to agree with you wholeheartedly on Josh Holloway's performance. And I wanted to ask, did you ever hear the story of his original audition? No. Okay, so this is a fun little tidbit. Um, when he was originally auditioning to be Sawyer in the middle of the read, he forgot his line. And he, he couldn't for the life of him remember what the line was. And so out of frustration, and I don't know if it was because he was legitimately mad at himself for forgetting the line or if he was just trying to stay in character, but because he forgot the line, he then kicked over the chair that was in the room 
and he got the part. <laughs> that's pretty good. And that's a very Sawyer move. It was. So they, they picked the right guy for the part, for sure. Um, okay, I guess we should start with the flashback. I feel that's clean. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it, it informs a lot on what goes on in the rest of this episode as well. Yeah. Um, so, starts off, Sawyer's in bed with this woman, you know. Lucky girl. Mm. And, <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's saying all the right things. The first thing he says is, I love you. And it's like, yeah. oh, honey, no. And then she's like, oh, you, you, aren't you supposed to be a meeting at three? And she's like, he's like, ah, oh, nah, yeah, but I got plenty of time. She's like, no, it's only a few minutes. And he jumps out in a, of it in a tussle in a tussle and he's like oh man i gotta get ready i gotta go and what's this in his oh he's so flustered that he spills all the money out of the briefcase that he had for the deal and he's like oh no you weren't supposed to see that and i think we, we were talking about this right before we actually started recording is that we this isn't the first time sawyer has done a sort of act like this and um we were we were discussing beforehand that when i initially started this episode i had gotten this episode confused with an episode that comes later on down the line in which some some similar story beats happen where where we we investigate another con that sawyer's going into yeah. <laughs> so i totally thought this was that one and i I will be honest, I had completely forgotten about a lot of this backstory. I mean, I remembered that this was the thing that Sawyer did, but I'd forgotten about this specific I had event. forgotten about the letter, and like, again, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't forget about the letter. The letter I remembered. Oh, no, it was one of those things where once it once it got read off, I was like, because at first, I, okay, you know, when, uh, we'll, we'll get to it, but like, I, I did not remember the specifics of the letter, but when it hit, like, oh my gosh, that was like a flurry of emotions and goosebumps that came back to me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it reminds me of why the show was good. <laughs> um, so he basically sets this woman up. Like, to, he's like, well, I got it for this oil, oil mining deal. Like, there's a whole bunch of vague bullshit. But Where you know, he was like, uh, "You you do this thing, you do this thing, and you triple your money in like three weeks." But he's charmed her enough, and she's got a rich husband. He's not ripping off just her. He's got the husband. Mm -hmm. And I mean, look, honestly, the broad strokes of this con, or and even this flashback, are very kind of simple. Yeah, we see that. Sawyer meets with her and the husband. The husband is, I don't know about this. And Sawyer's like, take the money, take the money, like, think it over, like, as a show of trust. As, like, a good faith. And Sawyer's also working under somebody. Yeah. And this guy, and they're in the pool hall, <laughs> and this guy's like, why are you going to give somebody all that money? Like, I don't like it. I don't blame that guy for not liking it, but Sawyer's like, eh, he's not going to run off. He's going to think about it. He's going to fantasize about it, and he's going to want And Sawyer's Because right. it makes him feel like a true desperado, like a real outlaw. <laughs> and, but this is another thing about Sawyer, that, that the character, again, he's not just a charming girl. This is a guy who understands human behavior and human nature. Yeah. And, you know, he's not just another pretty face, Megan. He <laughs> yes. understands... 
No, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I've mentioned before on this podcast, I came from a small town. Um, looking at the character of Sawyer is, is what kind of made me realize about how much of a gullible person I was and how much at, like, at face value I, I took people. And I was like, oh, man, a pretty guy could just be lying to me and I would just accept it. Yeah, oh, look, to be fair... A pretty girl could be lying to me. A pretty girl has lied to me, and I've just accepted it. True so, story. So there you go. Um, and we see the mechanics of how this works and how he operates, and it's it's kind of simple. Yeah. No, and, and, and he think, breaks it down perfectly. You seduce the wife, uh, make her think it was her idea, uh, you know. Well, well, that's simple maybe for Josh Holloway. I don't know if I could just start seducing the wife. <laughs> And, and, you know, that, yeah, I, I, I might have a more uphill battle. I'm with you. If I tried to, like, con somebody out of their money, like, I, based on my feminine wiles alone, I don't think I could accomplish it very well. So Sawyer's got this whole thing, and the deal's done. And then he sees a kid. Mm-hmm. And he walks. And this is an interesting moment, too, because at this point in the episode, uh, the seed has already been planted about the letter, but not enough. It's great because this episode gives enough clues for us to put two and two together. But at the same time, it doesn't quite handhold. And when he sees this kid, um, we're led to believe that this is eventually the person you know when we first see the kid this is eventually the person that gives sawyer the letter based on the limited information that we've been given in the flashbacks but then when he turns and walks away that's clearly not the case so we're like oh well then who gave sawyer the letter is it was it a previous person and he's feeling remorse because somebody else already gave him the letter and he's like oh i'm doing it again i i can't be that person anymore or is it somebody else that happens later on down the line? We don't know. But again, all of the pieces are in place for us to, at this point, connect the dots of who actually the letter writer is. Yeah. And the show is brilliant in its execution because by the time it actually does get revealed, it's still a surprise. Yeah. It's so well done. So that's what happened in the past. Let's get the present day. 2004 on the island um <laughs> i was gonna say present day <laughs> present day 2004 island oh man so that was 14 years ago dude uh, don't remind me <laughs> so so sawyer who's uh you know skinny dipping yeah well he best episode intro ever he just <laughs> rises out of the ocean nude <laughs> Um, this is also a reminder that Sawyer is a, ver a voracious, is that the word, reader? Uh, vi vi vivacious or avarice? No, nope. I, clearly, I'm not a reader. Look, it's been a long day, people. <laughs> We're both sipping whiskey right now, <laughs> if you can't tell. But um, he, re he reads he, He's an every avid reader. I yeah. think that's, well, that's, that's a good Well, I was... That's not the word I was looking for, but it's a correct word. <laughs> Sawyer reads everything, and he's reading Watership Down. 
which is kind of funny because that that's an oddly dark novel, you know, about about bunnies, as he puts it. Yeah. Like saying Watership Down is about bunnies is very much selling it short <laughs> in terms of actual content. I never read Watership Down, though. Have you ever seen the movie? No. I don't know good. what happens. Good. But I imagine it's not good. Bad things. There's a lot of literature throughout Lost. And, and some of it I've read and some of it I haven't read. I will be honest. I have not read Watership Down either, but I've and I have not sat down and watched the movie from beginning to end. But I've seen enough clips out of context to know, no, not not today. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll show you some Watership Down clips when this is all done. But no, it's. It's it's insanely dark. It's like marketed as like a kids movie, but it's it's dark and violent and terrible. It, it's funny because throughout the series, there are going to be a lot of books mentioned. And I remember Entertainment Weekly, uh, Doc Jensen, when he would break the things down, fourteen years ago, he'd if there was a book mentioned, you'd have to read. He'd post like. 10 pages about what that book was about it was it was a it became a bit much and sometimes <laughs> i skip that because like, maybe i will read this book but i think very <laughs> You're like i don't books. want spoilers but i did read uh juliet's favorite book do you know what juliet's favorite book is no because i hate juliet <laughs> uh her favorite book eat pray love carrie really in the first episode we get with juliet she's I got a book club and someone doesn't like the book and she goes this is my favorite book and it's carrie <laughs> okay maybe i didn't give juliet enough credit back in the day <laughs> juliet's got days juliet is fucking great sure she is the only woman i'll say who's... she has good taste in books there you also she's got the good taste in men yes and also i hate her <laughs> So, you know, Sawyer That's comes... That's a discussion for another day. Sawyer comes out of the ocean nude doing his smoldering Sawyer thing. <laughs> try to get the Kate's attention. Hey, Kate. And then he goes to his stash. And who is in his stash? Fucking Boone. Boone, who is always in everyone's business, by oh the way. And he's never really doing anything Uh, like boone is a very frustrating character that i i I, you know i I, understand where he's coming from in terms of shannon and her situation and you know they haven't had the best luck dealing with sawyer so i understand what he's going for however like if he had just been up front and said hey do you have this i'll find something to trade you for like Sawyer would have been like, I don't have the thing. I, I'd be happy or, to yeah, trade for you, if, but I don't have the thing. If, maybe not even trade. I, I mean, Sawyer's shown enough compassion so far. Uh, he hides it behind this bravado, but he's shown enough compassion. I that mean, if, just that moment with him and Claire. Like, yeah, yeah that, that shows he's not a heartless monster. And, you know, I mean... There's a reason why when he sees Shannon suffering, he doesn't help her. There's a reason that we will get to in a little bit. But, you know, this is all... Boone is so reactionary. He's so... Like, he always needs something to do, and he jumps at everything, and it makes perfect sense now. He's in like, ret- in- oh, we're we're short on water? Rather than taking charge of the situation and rationing the water, I'll just steal it and cause a panic. <laughs> 
he yeah and the th- oh there's a woman drowning i'll save her and drown myself that'll fix it oh uh should i give this woman a tracheotomy with a pen here's a selection of pens <laughs> boone get it together get your shit get it together um but it, it, but rewatching this series it makes perfect sense that he found Locke and he found a guy who's a little who's about discipline and, and he kind found of, a cult to join yes yeah, yeah <laughs> it makes sense yeah, yeah he absolutely. bought into the cult of Locke it makes perfect sense so you know Sawyer obviously beats the crap out of Boone and which I wouldn't even say he beat the crap out of him it looked like he just kind of roughed him up a bit I feel like yeah, Boone was right. being a little dramatic. <laughs> like, he was going through Sawyer's stuff. Sawyer punched him in the face, told him to get lost, probably, and he made a big deal about it. He was whining like a baby. It turns out Shannon is suffering from asthma. Mm-hmm. And she's having asthma attacks, and her inhalers are all done. And Watership Down was in their luggage with her inhalers, so he just assumed. That Boone and his assumptions. That Sawyer has the inhalers. And he tells Jack this, and Jack confronts Sawyer, and <laughs> Sawyer says about hoarding all this shit. He goes, he, he I don't says, know what kind of commune. Com- he goes, no, he goes, this, I don't know about your commie share fest in Cave Town, which I wrote down <laughs> that I liked it so much. <laughs> Tommy Share Fest in Cave Town, which honestly, Confidence Man is a fine title for this episode, but I feel like it obviously should have been called Tommy Share Fest in Cave Town. Now, again, some of the show's absolute best writing went into Sawyer, not only in terms of character and moral ambiguity and complexity, but also just in his goddamn turns of phrase, the nicknames he comes up with everybody, little phrases like that, like... Those are what makes Sawyer such a wonderful character. So, Kate tries to talk to him because she is the only one who might have any sway with him. And she is one of the few people he seems to have any respect for. Mm -hmm. And Kate says she wants the inhaler. And he says he'll give it to her for a kiss. Now, Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about this scene. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast actually earlier today with these film critics. Uh, and the film critics were talking about how they get very upset when people judge their early reviews because Hollywood has changed, the culture has changed, and it's like maybe you wrote something questionable in a review 15 years ago, but, you know, look at my recent reviews. Yeah. You know, things grow. Now, when I saw Sawyer do this back in 2004, I was like... Oh, that charming rogue Sawyer. (laughs) But now, in the era in which we live in, it it comes off a little creepier, a little more... Here's the thing, is that it's always been vile, if that makes any sense, but our perception of it has changed. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you as a woman... Like, your perception of this moment um, then and now, because it, it, it is... And, I, I look, I think it works fine in the episode. I don't have a problem with it in the context of the show. I, I'm not saying that. But it, it's funny how it's one of the first things I've seen in the show that feels 14 years old. And well, they would still might do it today, but it would get a different effect. Here's the thing. 
it's overtly villainous. It's overtly a thing that a classic villain would do. Uh, you know, one of those like two-dimensional villains is like, I'm going to kiss the princess or the love interest of the hero because that's the sort of story that this is. It's overtly villainous. And again, having gotten through the episode and knowing that the context of that particular action is that he wants to be hated. He wants to be seen as the villain for some reason because there's something inside him that's broken uh he wants to be the villain that's of course you know you go back to 2004 that's what bad guys did in television and movies so of course that's sort of what he would go with i will say that for me the more it is a despicable thing in and of itself but for me the more disappointing thing is that this is further getting away from kate being a character with her own agency and and more of the object of their weird love triangle. You know the one thing, and I know you don't like where the show goes in later seasons, but I will say about Kate, she, at a certain point, no longer becomes, like, it. eventually, after the first half of the third season, they kind of abandon, and... Look, in the first half of the third season, they really doubled down on the Kate love triangle. But after that, they 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 really do get away from that. I mean, she does end up with Jack for a time, but it's not like, but that's not what any of the show was about at that point. And it was it, a lot of this show felt like it was about trying to get w- women pregnant for a while, and it was weird. Uh, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Well, but- women can't give birth on the island. <laughs> Women can't get pregnant. Let's let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Well, I can't talk about it now. You know who can handle that, though? Juliet. (laughs) She's a doctor. Great. Awesome. Good for her. Um, Um, Again, for for me, the the biggest problem with it is this is when the writers stop treating. And granted, Kate's still a... For the time, again, she's a good, strong female character. We're very early in the series. Yeah, we're, we're very early on. But this is... It's just indicative of what's to come in their treatment of her later on. It's it's her sliding away from top billing protagonist and more of her becoming the object of their love triangle and being treated as such by the writers. And no. that's kind of what I don't appreciate about it. However, again, I know that this is still early on and... Her and Sawyer do kind of have a connection that we'll talk about later on when we when we find out, well, you know, more well, you about. You know what? Actually, past. I mean, let's let's though skip. I, I mean, we'll 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 get back to where we are, but I, just more about him asking for the kiss. Eventually, later in this episode, she does kiss him, mm-hmm. and she kisses him. You could argue against her will, and the reason I say you can argue is because. It's not just a kiss. Like, it's a make-out thing. No, it's, like, it's clear that she's into it on some level. It's extortion, though. Like, it's, 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 it initiates it's extortion. It's still but, sexual assault, kind but of. But there's an attraction there. Of course. They, they, they have chemistry together, and these actors have chemistry together, and she knows that there's a lot of bullshit bravado, but you, but but he he straight up blackmailed her. But, he gave her no choice because he said, "I will only give it to you if you kiss me," and he was absolutely lying about it. And when you lie to someone about this sort of thing, that oh, yeah, is no, sexual no. assault. No, 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 you no, don't no, no, actually no, no. have their consent. No, no, no. I I I am one hundred percent 
with you on that. However, uh, especially since there's a turn in that and he becomes even more despicable when we find out he doesn't have the inhaler. But the way they at least present that kiss and shoot that kiss, it's a kiss that starts and then it keeps going to a point that it didn't have to keep going. I am convinced at this point the creator of the show want us to know that she is into Sawyer in some way. She doesn't necessarily like the way this has gone down, but now that she's in it, she is she is into Sawyer Which in some way. Which is arguably even worse because you've normalized a non-consensual moment between the two of them. You've normalized it and made it say, oh, well, she actually wanted it that way. You know, she she the lady do doth you, prote- protest too much. Do you think they... I don't necessarily do, do think, think that was that? the... I don't think that I was... Because I think they do that. I don't think that was the intention, but I absolutely think that that's what happens when you have a room filled with mostly male writers. Okay. And like I said, I don't necessarily have a huge problem with this isolated moment, but it's indicative of just kind... Again, knowing what comes later, it's indicative of how little male writers think of their female characters. But I also also think a lot of the intention here is that, and I think a thing that takes the edge off it, is that... We also know that that Kate, if it's shitty what Sawyer is doing, but for them to kiss in another scenario is something we would totally buy because we buy the idea that she has feelings for him in some way. And I think that's also put forth in what happens immediately after the first time he asks for the kiss, where they get into this argument and and he's like, you don't you don't know me like read the letter you see me reading this letter. read this letter and she reads it aloud and it's it's about it's written by a child mm-hmm. about his parents were destroyed lives were destroyed by, by a con mr man, sawyer mr sawyer the con man who destroyed his parents lives like the the yeah. father murdered the mother and then killed himself yeah uh mr sawyer seduced this boy's mother and then uh basically robbed them for all that they were worth and the father got angry and murdered the mother and then murdered himself um and there's you know and and kate is taken aback by this letter and sawyer presents this as he is mr sawyer that is the idea that he is presenting Mm -hmm. hell his name is sawyer why wouldn't he be mr sawyer he is mr sawyer yeah and that's the thing is he's the, everything he's doing in this episode is so that he can be despised, so that everybody will view him as this two-dimensional villain devoid of depth and human empathy, which is not true. However, again, I will say that in terms of like the kiss stuff, like I said, I don't think this is something that would necessarily fly if you had more women in the writing room and i'm not saying that this in and of itself is executed poorly it's just more of like the first step down a very bad road and it's it falls into a trope that is otherwise problematic that being said there are you know there are some instances in which it's way worse in other cases it just happens to sort of fall into the same bucket it's not as bad as other as other examples of this i suppose you could say no it's not yeah. and i think 
I think, uh, and I do think one of the reasons why it's not as bad as other examples is because we both we've gotten to know these people. Yeah. Oh, oh, you for know. for me, this raises more red flags, less because of what's presented in the episode, and more of like how I know Kate is going to be treated as a character later on. So at this point, Sawyer just keeps doubling down on the villainy. He's walking through the caves. Like, I bet he was wishing he had a curly Q mustache that he could twirl. Shannon is freaking, like, Shannon's like, uh, she can't breathe, everything's a mess. Jack confronts him, and Sawyer just lets Jack keep punching him. Like, Sawyer is really making himself into you know, a, a piece of shit. You know what it is? Like, uh, Hurley mentions that Jedi has, you know, th- that Jack has a Jedi moment. And uh, you know what it is? It's this, basically, Sawyer is the Sith Lord going, strike me down with your hate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you, Jack. <laughs> um. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a slightly separate storyline, but only slightly because they converge, Saeed is, and I had forgotten that Saeed wasn't taken away after he got hit. Because it's been a I long had time. to. I, I thought and, he was kidnapped, and but no. That's no, he... going to happen very soon. <laughs> Later and, on. And Saeed is like, like uh, somebody hit me. I got to figure out who hit me. And he goes around. Uh, you know, and, they, liked, and who, who smashed the equipment too? I kind of like dis, disgruntled Jack in this moment. He's like, Mwah. kind of like annoyed mom Jack. You know, the like I'm cleaning up everybody's wounds. Yeah, lots of people got scrapes today. Oh, we're running out of iodine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, that's kind of where I, I I want Jack to stay. Just like you be disgruntled and grumpy while you stitch up other people. Don't try to be the leader of the island. <laughs> So Sawyer, um, so so Saeed's questioning people, and he questions Locke, and Locke's like, "Well, the only Dude. witness, the only witness was that that boar I was Dude. skinning." Okay, so we know that at least in this early season, Locke is not supposed to be evil, but god damn it, man, if he doesn't just come off as creepy as hell in this interaction well then Locke is really just like maybe it was so oh it's simple a timer you light a cigarette anyone who's ever watched watched tv TV knows knows that it's like fuck you (laughs) you're really throwing this guy under the bus well i mean he probably really did believe that it was sawyer like in terms of like looking at the the most likely candidate, they don't know anybody else is on the island, with the exception of the smoke monster <laughs> and other boar. That yeah. So in Locke's not, mind, wait, uh, he is the most likely wait, suspect. Not only that though, then he gives him a knife. Like yeah, like it's like go kill yeah. this motherfucker. <laughs> like I mean, he doesn't say that, but I mean, he gives him a knife, and there's only one reason. You and do. with the lighting and the delivery, it is. God damn, I say borderline the creepiest thing that we've seen in the show thus far, and that includes the supernatural monster that tore the pilot apart. So Jack and Saeed, they're all convinced Sawyer must have the inhalers, because otherwise why would Sawyer be acting this way? He wouldn't be acting this way otherwise. No normal person would act this way, Only Sawyer. <laughs> they have discounted how much this guy hates himself. <laughs> Sawyer hates himself so much. (laughs) Only a lunatic would act this way if they didn't have the inhaler. Which is why, though. Sawyer hates himself so much, but it's also 
why Kate kind of likes him. She feels well, she feels bad. She for this has a guy. lot of that self loathing too. So anyway, they they decide what are we gonna do? We're gonna torture Sawyer. Yeah, Saeed jumped to that conclusion really quickly, especially given what we... Uh, granted, we know that he... Well, no, and... the conclusion of that he has the inhalers, though. But, yes, yeah, Saeed's bringing no, that I mean, extra he, bit he, of... He jumped to torture real quick. Oh. Um, that being, you know, for something he vowed to never do again, he jumped to it pretty well, quickly. that's <laughs> when we also find out that he this is what he really did. Like, you know, he was in communications. Yeah, he made people communicate. I forget the exact line from the episode, like, but it was... I made people communicate verbally with their words. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's... Important information. He's going to torture Sawyer. He's going to do the old bamboo shoots under the fingernails thing. Which, uh, do you... You remember Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? There's, I do. Uh, I still There's a, a bit, I want to say, in either season two or three where character Mockingbird gets kidnapped by uh, Grant Ward. I remember and this. And he, he morphines her up and then, like, does the, the thing underneath all of her fingernails. And she's like, it, he's like, it's fine now. But, man, when those painkillers wear off, that's going to hurt a lot. I mean, that's a tried and true method of torture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ouch. And so he's just taking it. And then he says, he'll, he'll, he'll tell only Kate where the the uh inhalers so. can we just call uh, again i love this episode it's great but can we just also call it toxic masculinity the episode because it's the episode where jack needs decides he needs to go all alpha male sawyer's so deep into his own pit of self-loathing that he's willing to be subjected to torture and then sexually assault someone boone goes through someone's stuff to the point where he's asking to get punched in the face and <laughs> Freaking A. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, Saeed jumps to torture as the only option. Like, this episode, with the exception of Charlie, uh, basically every dude in this episode makes the exact wrong choice because of their their male bravado, essentially. And it's Son and Kate who, not through violence, but through, and, and Charlie as well, yeah. through understanding and knowledge and in kate's case straight up detective work you know they're the ones that solve the problem so toxic masculinity ruins the party again to borrow from another podcast so sawyer shows up no kate shows up sawyer's all tied up in the when it's really kind of a sad scene and um well you know why it's a sad scene I, I i'm trying to remember what i thought about this in 2004 i'm trying to remember in 2004 i'm assuming i was sitting there being like man this guy's an asshole but now after watching the whole series uh, and it's he, more like man this guy's pathetic yeah i felt bad for him which i know couldn't have been the reaction i had then because i was convinced probably watching it at the time as i'm sure you were that he had the inhalers and you know Sawyer, well, be, Sawyer I think becomes... part of it, too, is that, like, you don't think that Kate's actually going to kiss him. You think that she'll find a way to talk her way out of it. It's quite a kiss. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's a close-up. There's tongues. They are wham- two very beautiful actors, and it was a nice kiss. Um, And then she's done with the kiss, and he says, I don't have... <laughs> You're a bad person, Sawyer. You're a bad person, regardless of your intent. 
And then, you know, he goes back to the guys. He's like, he doesn't have them. And Saeed's like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, Saeed <laughs> is like, Saeed, I can't remember now because I watched the episode about a week ago, but th- does Saeed believe he, he said, has... no, he's got to be lying. He's okay, Saeed believes that. But Saeed also has all this other pent-up aggression against them. Yeah. And he goes in and... Because st- at this point, he's definitely believes that Sawyer was the one that attacked him based on that creepy interaction with Locke. And Sawyer gets out of his uh, restraints, restraints yeah. just at the right time. I wonder if he could have always got out of them. You know, I was wondering if he was like straight up using the kiss. I-, I thought about this after the fact. I was like, I wonder if he was just using that kiss as a way to buy for time as he was trying to unloose his bonds. That also might have been part of it. Nothing unlooses your bonds. Like a kiss from Kate. <laughs> but um, tish. I don't. I don't even know what that double entendre was. <laughs> I don't but, know. But it kind of. It almost worked. It almost worked. <laughs> um. So, Saeed runs in. And they they fight. He's got that knife, and he stabs Sawyer in the arm and nicks an artery. Yeah. Bad news. Don't so do then that. Jack has to save Sawyer. And Sawyer, of course, lets Jack know um, if the tables were turned, he'd watch Jack die. Although, I don't think that's necessarily Sawyer saying, I would watch you die because I despise you. I think that's more of Sawyer going, I would watch you bleed out because I'd be paralyzed. As I've demonstrated in the past, I have no medical prowess or understanding of anatomy. Well, no, that's the thing. He absolutely yeah. meant it as yeah. that I would yeah. watch you bleed out. Yeah. But, like, let's be real. Sawyer has no medical prowess or understanding of anatomy. But, so if the tables were turned, Jack would be screwed, not because Sawyer's a heartless bastard. But, we know. but, <laughs> but here's the thing. We know Sawyer really wouldn't. Yeah. We know Sawyer. I mean, he wouldn't be necessarily the one in there, but he would be concerned. Yeah. No, he wouldn't. He's saying this because, again, he wants to be the villain, and he, part well, of him probably wants Jack and Saeed to just kill him. He's so haunted by so many things in the past, and where the episode kind of ends up is, uh, you know, he's recovered, and, and Kate freckles. She's there. Oh, gosh, I would love the freaking spinoff of Kate just being a detective. Detective Kate. Like, how why do you fucking think she, great would that be? Why do you think she'd be a good detective? Because she's able to... to, to she gets the letter and she reads it oh, over and over oh, again. Okay. And she's From this able episode. to notice the small detail. Kate deduced one thing. She deduced one thing and she's also good at tracking trails and finding trails. And that's about it later on. Okay, I'm fair just enough. saying that in this moment, <laughs> she's Detective Kate. And that's I would true. have appreciated it if the, if the writers had just fucking run with that instead of being like you know what she needs to be in a love triangle no make her a detective get her off this island and allow her to open her own detective agency so she can jessica jones her way through a bunch of supernatural shit it's gonna be great um put detective kate in another jj abrams show where supernatural mysteries happen it would be the best well evangeline willily's too busy being a wasp right now she is do you know that um, apparently during uh, some behind the scenes of The Hobbit, when they initially cast her as the role of Toriel, um, she's like, promise me that I'm not going to be put into a love triangle. And they said, 
we promise you will not be put into a love triangle. And then they get notes from the studio going, so we're thinking it would be better if you were in a love triangle. Uh, and she was like, no! <laughs> I always forget that she's in those movies because I forget about the Hobbit movies a lot. As well you should. They're not great. I remember liking Smaug. Oh, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch is great. <laughs> I, I remember, Smog is fun. I remember liking a bunch of things, but also thinking, eh, do we need this? There, there are a bunch of good stuff in it, I, but there's also a bunch of not great stuff. I recently, this is total aside, and then we'll get back into yeah. Lost. I recently rewatched the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy with Which friends, the extended cuts, of oh. course. And then when we. Were, I feel like it ties in because we, of Charlie. And we, yes, there, there's a lot of. Crossover. Charlie and Evangeline Lily. And we, we, you know, I want to do it all in one day. My friends were like, no. So we did three Friday nights in a row. And at the end of that third Friday night, when we were done watching the movie, I said, so next week do we start the Hobbit movies? And no one even, no one even cracked a smile. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, complete sidebar. Uh, a YouTuber, Lindsay Ellis, recently did a retrospective on the Hobbit movies and talked about the behind the scenes sort of shit show that it was and uh and like about like the studio versus like the creator intent and then also the terrible things that Warner Brothers did to the sovereign nation of New Zealand in terms in terms of upending their labor laws oh jeez it's crazy and you should totally watch her video to do a deep dive into it that's a sidebar let's get back to lost uh this has been uh, no Hobbit Lost, the podcast, the podcast within a podcast, the podcast where we break down all things the, the Hobbit. Hobbit. <laughs> um, so Kate does figure out though the letter. She figures out because when it was written, there was like a bicentennial stamp on it. Someone write me Detective Kate fan fiction. Send and, it to me. But she can only figure out letters and mail. She's a postal <laughs> detective. <laughs> <laughs> but so she's able to deduce that from the letter and the envelope, which interesting that he kept the envelope too, that she's able to deduce that it couldn't possibly be the man before her who is Sawyer because he would have been a child at the time of the writing of the letter. Therefore, Sawyer, she deduces. Sawyer became the thing he hated. Oh. He became and he even took on the name of the man oh. who he hated. Who? Spoiler alert for future episodes. Turns out to be the father of John Locke. Dun, dun, dun. But we'll get to that years from now. <laughs> this, this is, and this is what I'm talking about in terms of like, I had forgotten that this letter was a thing. But then when I get to this moment and I remember, oh, that's right. That was Sawyer's backstory. All of a sudden, the flood of memories came back to me of Sawyer going, I have a letter I want to read you. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. Now, I do have to ask, do you think they had that planned? Was that always in the cards or was that just something that worked out i feel like they had to have i feel they had to have known because they clearly started the series because this is the bait that we're going to get into i think more in later seasons how much did they know how much did they plan and how much did they backpedal yeah yeah um but 
from the start, they clearly had the idea of we're going to connect all these people. So to me, they, they, someone was always going to be related to that con man. Yeah. Um, and there's no way you say – it's Chekhov's letter. Yeah. You can't set up the letter and then not have him read the letter to the man Wait, it was intended you're for. You're really going to make that argument? You're going to make the Chekhov argument in Lost – the series of unanswered questions and loose ends. <laughs> oh, I think there's a big difference between uh, setting up a letter and setting up a polar bear. <laughs> you know. Fair enough. That's, but but you're right. The, the, like, this is a clear setup for, you know, and it, it was the catalyst for this character becoming the person that he is. And the the, the almost, like, Greek tragedy of it, of, like, this it's very Greek tragedy in terms of like this is a character who his life was ruined by this terrible person, this con man, and then all of a sudden, one day he ends up being exactly like the man that ruined his life. If that's not like Shakespearean or a Greek tragedy, I don't know what is. Um, so a couple of loose ends then. Said at the end of this episode is like. He's like, I've tortured again. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm. I, I need to, I need to go away, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna map this beach because I trust that I am capable of it. I loved this moment between him and Kate, and again, this is what makes me really sad that they never became a thing. And this is could this have is been a thing. love square. This is no, no, kill Jack, <laughs> make Kate the protagonist. This is the thing that again it. They had really good chemistry together, and there was clearly something there that the writers were probably working with. I really honestly feel like Shannon was a rebound for Saeed for the writers. <laughs> they were like, well, we can't make, we can't put Kate in a love square, so, uh, Shannon, you're pretty. Uh, Shannon. But, um, but I loved this moment because it's too very capable people who have respect for one another who have worked tirelessly to try to better the lives of everybody who survived the plane crash parting ways for who knows how long and and he just has this very sweet i hope we meet again and it's just and he kisses her hand and it's a very very sweet moment even if you don't ship them like i now do retroactively yeah that's what's <laughs> weird like I, I do too like i see more potential there and i don't think that ever crossed my mind no because the the show was so leaning into jack and sawyer um, um but yeah this this clearly had a blueprint for it. This clearly, like, I feel like I'm working, I'm in the adjustment bureau, and this was a potential path that got rewritten. <laughs> Underrated movie. Very good movie. So, um, by the way, this whole story thing goes down, but this does not solve the problem that Shannon can't breathe. Nope. But who has the answer? Son! Son has the answer. And she goes to Michael, and she's like, hey, you gotta help me find this this plant. Turns out it's eucalyptus. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, you gotta help me find this plant. This will help her. Now, here's a thing that I should know, but I don't know. <laughs> the scientific accuracy of this remedy? Oh, no, no, no. I believe the remedy probably works. 
Jin sees her talk to Michael. Mm-hmm. He sees an interaction. But does he hear her in that moment? Like, is the cat out of the bag? I couldn't no. tell if the cat was out of the bag, that she no. could speak English. Not not in this moment. Um, because if he had found out... Because if you notice, the second he enters into the picture, she then doesn't say anything. And she just kind of gives him this look. This very defiant look. And then she turns and walks away. And it's Michael who responds in English. Who's like, dude, don't even... Just don't. But Jin didn't hear her speak English. No. Because I mean, I shouldn't know that that, because I'm sure that's a reveal later. I believe that comes as a huge sucker punch to him later. I I feel like we don't get that reveal until his backstory episode. And that's when we're meant to feel as sympathetic for him as we can. Because, you know, at this point... We're we're not meant to feel nearly as much sympathy, and that episode is meant to make him human and make us sympathize with him in a way that we didn't think we were capable of because we didn't think he was the person that he is. Well, Sun saves the day. She does! Again, boys, when you stop roughhousing and you just sit down and try to figure out the problem, sometimes the answer's right there. And as one other loose end, we got to finish up with this episode. I love this. It's the only story that's not attached to the other ones as well. And it is Charlie wants Claire to come to the caves. And Claire, I would argue still, because it's only been what, like a little more than a week? Two weeks at this point. Because uh, Hurley and Charlie have a conversation of like, we've been on the island for two weeks. We'll get into that conversation in a second. But... Uh, Claire's like, I'm going to stay on a beach. I want to be here for the rest of the show. It's like, you're better off at the caves. And they, they they start, like, just having fun conversations. And one's like, they talk about things they miss. And there's a lot of food brought up. And uh, peanut butter uh-huh. comes up. She's apparently the only Australian who loves peanut butter. And I, I that made me go, do they not like peanut butter in Australia? Yeah, that I don't. I guess it's not as probably a biggest thing. If we have any Aussie listeners down here uh, in 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 our podcast, please let us know. Tweet at us. Let us know. Is peanut butter a thing down there? We don't know. I've never been to Australia. No, Vegemite. It's all Vegemite. Ugh. I've had Vegemite. Is it good? I didn't think it was that bad. I wouldn't. I mm. haven't sought it out. Mm. But I didn't. I remember thinking this is going to be bad, and then being like, "Oh, it's not that bad." It just. It sounds so unappetizing. But, but um, yeah, anyway, so, so <laughs> Charlie says, "If I get you peanut butter, will you come? You you will come to the cave?" And she's like, "Fine," you know. It's, uh, you know, she's he, like, it's a deal. It's better than pulling the old Sawyer. I'll give you peanut butter. You give me a kiss. <laughs> well, here's the thing is that like he's concerned about her well-being. The doctor is in the caves. The caves uh, provide shelter from the sun. And she's a pregnant lady who he's taken with. Uh, he really likes her. They connect really well. And he like you really do get the sense that he's genuinely concerned about her well-being and so, even though, although she, all she wants to do is she wants to be there when they're rescued. And a lot of people on the island have already, you know, mainly the people who are in the caves, have sort of given up on that idea. Which is still kind of insane, but that's a story for another day. It's been two weeks, yeah. though. 
Like I could, I could understand sort of giving up after two weeks. Two a weeks, little bit. you give up in two <laughs> weeks. You're like, in th- wait, 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 wait. So all it takes is for you to be out of society for two weeks and be like, well, that's it forever. <laughs> Goodbye forever. <laughs> no, I'm of gonna live not. in this cave. Of course not. But if the doc, you know, the guy who's been playing leader who's also the medical professional, um, you know, if he packed up and went, I don't know if I would stay on the beach or if I would go follow him. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know what I would pick. If I was a pregnant lady, I would probably go with the Probably doctor. stay by the doctor. Um, so you can understand so Charlie, Charlie's concern. So Charlie is looking for legit peanut butter, which to me is insane. Where does he think this is going to come from? Like, I don't know about you. I don't... Like, this is even before... This is post... 9-11 so like you know what you can take onto an airplane in terms of perishables can you not and... bring peanut butter onto I a plane i don't it, know I maybe am, in your checked luggage i'm flying in a in a in about a week or so i'm gonna try to bring a thing a skippy peanut butter onto the plane see if they please stop please let me know how that goes that sounds hilarious uh, you'll <laughs> know how it goes when you see me in the news <laughs> Uh, Man tries to smuggle peanut butter on the plane. Where I'm throwing a fit with TSA. <laughs> no, so, but yeah, so, anyway. even so, like, who's packing Jiffy? Like, a thing of peanut butter. Who's packing that? Um, I mean, I know planes have peanuts. But, I mean, was, was he going to mash them into a butter? This isn't going to work. And so he starts talking to Hurley. And this is, you know, uh, we haven't got, we've only had a little bit Charlie and Hurley stuff now, but enough to know that these two have chemistry together. Yeah, like that that fishing scene with them. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was so precious. And again, I'm convinced that a good chunk of that might have been improvised. <laughs> so, uh, Hurley, he says a comment to Hurley about... Uh, you must know where the food is, yeah. right? Because and Harley's and and again, it's only been two weeks. How much weight you expect this guy to lose? That was like when I was super into the show when I was, you know, when it was first airing. That was something my parents weren't into it. Um, so anytime I would throw it on, they would always look at the show and go like. How long have they been on this island? How come that guy hasn't lost any weight? And I was always like, guys, that's so mean and also unrealistic. Yeah. Um, so Hurley doesn't have any food. No, but like it is it is kind of upsetting. First and foremost, that Charlie would make that assumption in the first place. What's more upsetting is that later it becomes true. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't even. You that's know what? the when, more upsetting thing to me. Like, it's a shitty thing of Charlie in this moment to say, "Well, you're a big guy. You must know where all the food is. Like, are you hoarding it?" But like, you know what? They're setting it up now. No, it, it's really upsetting. They did it as a way to be like, "Well, this is why the actor hasn't lost weight." Mm. And I'm like, "That's a really shitty thing to do." Nah. I think it's shitty. So. Charlie obviously can't find peanut butter. Why? Because they're on a magical island. <laughs> Come on, Jacob. Hook a brother up. <laughs> but he comes and he tells Claire, he's like, I got I got your peanut butter. And she's like, really? And he pulls out an empty jar and starts putting his finger in it and tasting it and talking about how good it is like a fucking psycho. <laughs> 
This is a scene where it's really cute in the context of the show. And because of the music and her smile, we know it's meant to be an endearing moment. You change that music ever so slightly, and it's it's a it's a terrifying well, moment. Well, again, it only works because Claire, it's the kind of quirky, fun thing Claire would Claire be would into. Claire would like. Um, but like I it, go do that to somebody, they're like... <laughs> Call the police. Have him committed. <laughs> I love I love the idea of like, um, like if this was me, if I was pregnant and a guy promised me peanut butter and then says, I got you peanut butter and then pulls out an empty jar and starts doing a bit, I would probably be furious. I'm yeah. like, I admire your space work. Excellent space work. I'm not in the mood for a bit right now. I don't want to yes and this scenario. Clearly, Claire is a better improviser than me because she yes anded. And they enjoy their imaginary peanut butter together. <laughs> it's a super cute moment. It's it's adorable. It's cute. Again, in any other context, terrifying. <laughs> but it's adorable. And she sees what he's trying to do. And so she, she ends up agreeing to go to the caves. You know what? Yeah. She sees what he's trying to do. Yeah. It's it's less about like, That's oh. That's true. The intention isn't like, to be a weirdo. <laughs> the intention is... Um, I'm trying to bring some levity. I'm trying to bring some I'm trying, humanity. I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to see you smile. Yeah. Like, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to do something of, to make you smile. Remind you of, you know, home in a way. I can't produce the impossible, but I'm I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to look out uh, for you. I'm concerned about your well-being. I'll tell you what. I've always wanted to go to Australia. Yeah. Um. And I was thinking of going this year, but now I'm going on a different trip instead. I will eventually go to Australia. Should I just pack a whole suitcase full of peanut butter? Like, do they just not know? And, like, I could make a killing there? Like, just with women at the bars be like, have you ever tried this? And when they tried, they're like, oh, my God, what is this? Well, I'm going to go ahead and stab you right there. Don't do that. <laughs> you pull up, like, if you were to any woman, it doesn't matter what part of the world that you're on, and you go, have you ever tried this peanut butter and start scooping it out with your fingers and licking it at the bar, you will be escorted out of that establishment. <laughs> okay, so, um, <laughs> you know, this again, these early episodes. I love them. I love them so much. This is show there, is so good. But is there anything you didn't like about it? Is there anything that a a, a smoke monster uh, would do? Uh... Uh, you know, in terms of the light and the dark, the uh, a and Jacob and a man in black, <laughs> whatever. Or, uh, the different pieces of the backgammon game. Ooh, ooh. Would your what would your darkness be? Um, huh, let's see. Definitely treating Kate more like an object in a love triangle than than a character. Um, but honestly, that that's probably the biggest thing is, and that's again more of a commentary on what happens later on than than this episode itself. Um, I guess if you if you want to get like down to it, just Boone being Boone. Uh, that was what mine was. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I was when you were done. I was about to say Boone just. Relax, Boone. Just relax. Boone, I, could you just not be Boone today? <laughs> I know you're in love with your sister and Gross. she's suffering. Gross. Not biological. Gross. 
Um, and it's, I'm early 2000s TV. Look how risque I am. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? If I, I mean, I, you know, it happens. Gross. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, how about you? How about the light? Um, just, I mean, we've gone on about it ad nauseum, but the, the complexity of Sawyer, like, I knew I loved the Sawyer character. I knew him and Locke were my two favorite characters in the history of the show, and this was the episode that I kind of remember a lot of uh, how complex he was and remembered why I loved so much about him. Definitely Sawyer's complexity. And again, I, I joked about this being toxic masculinity, the episode, but I do like that how this episode demonstrates that, you know, masculine bravado isn't this isn't always the solution um, that it's, you know, it's the ladies using their heads that ends up solving basically every problem in this episode. Um, but also now my new favorite thing, Detective Kate spinoff. <laughs> um, so that is our show this week uh as always you can follow us on twitter at no love lost pod uh megan where can the people find you uh you guys can follow me on twitter and instagram at the menguin that's t-h-e-m-e-n-g-u-i-n got a lot of fun stuff sort of going on right now so be sure to follow me on twitter to keep up to date with all of the fun uh, VO stuff that I'm doing, all of the AfterBuzz podcasts that I'm doing, um, all of the various projects I'm working on. So be sure to be sure to follow me there. That's where all the updates are. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Real Will Link. Um, and we will be back with episode nine Ooh. Ooh. Uh, next time. Uh, until then, uh, enjoy your peanut butter. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to No Love Lost on the podcast Jukebox Network. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening. And if you guys liked the show that we put on, you might like some of the other shows put on by this lovely network. Um, Off the Cuffs, which is a kink and BDSM podcast, which is very popular. Um, Being There, Will Sean podcast. Will he? Uh, he does. <laughs> uh, you would know. Drinks with God and proud to be kinky. Yeah, so we want to give a big thank you to this network for, for supporting us and for giving us a platform to talk about Lost On. So, guys, it would really mean a lot if you would show uh, these other podcasts some love. Yeah, go back, give them a listen. If you like us, you might like them. We're on the same network. Only makes sense. Go listen to them. Give them all five stars. Do that. And then also give us five stars. Yeah, we could use it. <laughs>